Come, Spirit of God, enlighten and enliven us, lead us into your truth, that we may bear fruit, fruit that will last for your church and your kingdom. This we pray in your name. Amen. I thought I'd pose this question to begin with today. What is wrong with the human race? Um, that's a question for the ages. It's been asked in every age and will continue to be asked. What is it that's wrong with the human species? And in particular, why are we so slow to learn? Now on this most, we've just heard the story, but just to recap, on this most tragic day in human history, the Roman authorities, the spiritual leaders of Israel at the time, pretty important to remember that, they considered themselves spiritual leaders, the Pharisees and the scribes. And many of the general public, they get together, they conspire and they decide in their collective wisdom to eradicate the human face of the author of life and to liberate a murderer so that in his zeal he may murder again. Because Barabbas, the backstory of Barabbas is that he was a zealot. He was one of those small band of Jews who used to uh, think they could overturn the Roman authorities by quietly at night killing a few of their soldiers and burying them somewhere. So, the giver of life is slaughtered and the taker of life is set free. The quality of life that Jesus called the kingdom of God is traded for an existence filled with injustice, oppression, slavery and violence. And the key players in this tragic drama, as we've just heard, They speak of things like expediency, the greater good, the danger of upsetting the status quo. Don't we always hear that sort of talk from the so-called masters of the universe? Don't we? They always talk like that. We've heard it all before. What I would love to hear, even from our present leaders, is a refreshing round of honesty. To hear something like this, listen folks, this is tough on Jesus, but we need to maintain our ascendancy. We need to secure the position and privilege we enjoy. (laughs) Nobody else does, but we do. This guy is dangerous and threatens the structures that we serve, that serve us so well. Because one of the great truths of democratic society, or any society could come to that, that I learned in my work, uh, in social work years ago, is that poverty is structural, essentially. It's, it's a structured matter in our society that makes sure a percentage of people miss out. I'd love to hear that kind of honesty. That really turns me on, so to speak. So that question again, what is wrong with the human race? Or to bring it a bit closer to home, (laughs) what is wrong with each one of us? What is wrong with me and you and every other living person 
I'm always reluctant, ever since I've had this task of uh, preaching, I'm always reluctant to suggest small answers to very big questions. It's a dangerous practice, but I'm going to make an exception today. Okay. In the words of the late John Scullion, who was a, a friend of Helen's, he was a Jesuit priest and a scholar who, who lectured at uh, Trinity College. In his words, he says this, The essence of what we call sin is our need to seek autonomy from God. The essence of what we call sin, collectively, as all sin in all its forms, is our need to seek autonomy from God. In other words, we can do it better than God. We can live without God. Since the Garden of Eden experience, not that I was there, but I've read about it, uh, since that experience, something within us, every one of us, to a greater or lesser degree, resents the intervention of God in our lives. In modern speak, in modern language, you could say it's received, God's intervention can be received as an x-ray that we didn't order. It shows up all the bits we have hoped to keep hidden. Everything comes into the light. But we didn't ask for it. It reminds me of our ageing cat at home, Talitha. She's a lovely little creature. And she occasionally loses her collar. More so as she's got older, forgetful. And uh, she disappears for a while. And when we find her, Helen says she has a look on her face that says, I hid because I was naked and ashamed. <laughs> um, <laughs> like the Garden of Eden. I'm also mindful here as I speak of this resentment. Um, I had an old friend, Frank Stanley, who died years ago, at about the age of 90, I think. He was a remarkable Anglican priest who came to the priesthood through personal tragedy. And, and uh, for many years he was a mentor of mine and also of Helen's. And I remember he told me one day in supervision that when he was a young soldier in the British Army in France in 1940 during the war, he was lying on the battlefield with a bullet in his leg and a bullet in his shoulder. And two of his mates came to help him in the midst of all that you can imagine what that was like. And with the little bit of energy he had left, he protested. He said, don't, leave me alone, I can manage. And he said, and then he realised how insane that is. He said, I realise there's something in me that's crazy. And so he let them help him onto a stretcher and fortunately it probably saved his life and he lived on. Whether we call it uh, narcissism, you've all heard that word, ego, pride, self-obsession or just plain bloody-mindedness as we say in Australia, there is something in us that wants to rebel and seek autonomy from God. Rather than, that's right, that's true. See, he understands it already. Rather than opening ourselves to the author of all life, 
who is the greatest lover we will ever know and inheriting the quality of life that he has prepared for us from the beginning of time. And this is what makes Jesus of Nazareth so worthy of our honour, glory and praise. He emptied himself entirely and he embraced the fullness of God in his person right to the end of his physical life apart from and even, well not apart from but even momentarily when he experienced a sense of abandonment on the cross he still embraced that fullness of God as the centurion said this truly was the son of God Now, as Jesus hung bloodied and naked and a kind of a defeated spectacle for all who feared him, because they were certainly delighted, there were signs of hope, small glimmers of hope, that really weren't that far away. Those first disciples, wherever they had run to, they didn't have cars and motorbikes, so they wouldn't have been that far away, I wouldn't think. They'd be probably just in the town somewhere hiding or down a hole. And as those fears for their own safety began to subside, feeling more secure that they wouldn't be strung up as well, they would surely be remembering some of those key words from Jesus when he was with them in the flesh. The Son of Man will be put to death, then on the third day he will rise again and enter into his glory. From now on, you shall be called Kephas, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Lord, who then can be saved? And he said, for humans this is not possible, but for God all things are possible. Surely this would have sustained them until the resurrection and the empowerment of the Spirit. So today, just to sum this up, today, like those first disciples, we in this parish are a small motley crew, are we not? I'm probably the motliest of the lot, quite possibly. Uh, But God sees me and understands I'm a bit odd. That's good. Yet, the fact is we're still here. We've already weathered some severe storms and we're still here. And there are many signs of encouragement and hope around us. But there is much yet to be done. I'm really delighted to see these young families here today because they don't know yet how much there is to be done. (laughs) But there is. And if God's calling you, I hope you only work three days a week. Um, So, that would be helpful. Um, So, if we... If we remain faithful and open to our Lord, who is worthy of all honour, glory and praise, if we continue to entrust ourselves to his empowering spirit, be assured that God will raise up this faith community and it will continue to be a source of grace for all who enter here and the wider community for many years to come. For to God 
all things are possible and ultimately he will always prevail. The Lord be with you.